0: Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode 15. My name is Jordan Merrick, and as always, it's a great pleasure to be here today. Um, before we get on to this week's guest, I just want to take a quick moment to say a huge thank you to everybody who's been tuning in week in, week out. Um, it's just, it's meant honestly the world to me seeing the viewership climb at every episode. And, you know, to have not only all the streams, but to have nearly 250 downloads just uh, blows my mind considering. I honestly didn't know if we we're going to do more than four episodes at the start. Um when we when we kicked this uh, crazy journey off, so thank you so much to everybody who's been supporting the podcast and the artists more importantly. And if you've been enjoying the show, please like and share with your friends and family. You know, the more we can spread the word about the podcast and the guests that we have on each week, um you know, the more stories we can bring attention to and I'm sure if you've been tuning in you you would agree that um, you know, every person's story deserves to be told and, um, to as an audience as possible. So thank you so much for, for doing that. Keep backing us. We're going to bring some really awesome guests in the coming weeks and I can't wait for you to hear more episodes. Um, but onto this week's guest, um, we've got the awesome Samuel James Osmond. Now, Sam is someone who I've known for a few months now. And, uh, as we delve into the podcast, we go through the first time I heard his music and it was certainly not what, what I was expecting um, it was a really great, candid, honest chat, and um, you know Sam is is unapologetically himself, which which I think is important. I think some people, you know, try to try to toe the line and say what they what they think people want to hear, but Sam is very much who he is, and he's a take it or leave it kind of guy, which I really respect. Um, we we go into his songwriting and. You know sam the same way he lives his life is is the way he presents it in his songs and he really talks about um you know really bluntly what what people go through in life and i think you know particularly in his upcoming single i'm sorry the single that he's just released um he really he pushes the boundaries and he does so to to do commentary on on the things that people in high school go through and I really, really loved and respected that, and I think it's um, it's brave and it's powerful and it's 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 Sam in a nutshell. Um, we talk a, a lot more about the the song in detail as well as about his journey through writing, and it's a really, really fascinating chat. So strap yourselves in and uh, enjoy this episode.
1: School is a. Uh, uh monastic hothouse of a environment something i never wish people to go through it's not fun mm. i'm sure it can be and it was uh in in some ways but the overarching feeling i was left with was that's difficult um and i contributed to a fair bit of it by just probably by not being as attentive or focused as i should have been but yeah certainly doing uh musicals i did high school musical oh yeah and who did they cast as troy they're only human you know <laughs> they uh, they made the right decision um first role was sandy in the show annie i was oh, the, do- really? the dog sandy
0: right that's a great role Don't Don't you think so? playing a dog <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i was trying to think there's no one else really that can even hold the kind of any dog human performances
0: uh i can go on um bath from uh Spaceballs. wow john candy
1: wow that's yeah. a perfect yeah reference yeah he may have done better
0: he was fantastic yeah that was oscar worthy but he got snubbed you know
1: what is it the you, not the force but what do they say the schwartz the schwartz <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh what a classic that was oh yeah yeah so um and there's that 60 Minutes interview with Eminem. I don't know if you've heard with Anderson Cooper. And then there's that added element because Anderson's gay too. And he's asking Marshall. He's like, yeah, that word faggot. And he's like, how do you feel about using that? And he says, my Eminem impression. He's like, you know, uh, where I grew up, that word was just thrown around. So it's just what people say to each other. And, and it was. You grew up in Queensland. That is how people use that word. Mm. So... I'm reclaiming it. It's mine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's about school. I'd say, and the and the troubles of going through that. Um, social pressures. My little brother's 15 at the moment. He's in the thick of it. So I don't know. I thought this would help in some way. Dissing yourself can help.
0: Yeah, I think I'm really keen to hear it because I think as well, like you know, that that part of school is often. I don't know. I feel like it's overlooked. I don't think people really talk about it enough about how, how much pressure there is to be cool and to conform and to be into the right things and mm. to do the right things. That if you do something that's, as an adult, that's no one judges, mm. it's so different in school. And, and y- um, Yeah.
1: No, you don't have the perspective to calm yourself down either.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm keen to hear it.
1: Yeah, no, I'm keen to play it. It'll um. I always play whatever I make for my family. But I'm very honest, and uh, you know, I wrote a book when I was nineteen called "I'm Gonna Lose Some Friends Over This," and, and published it, and did. Uh, but you just have to be honest, and there's that choice between you know caring too much about who's gonna hear this mm. um, as opposed to what's being said but that was never a problem for me really yeah you have to you have to speak your truth
0: that's so interesting that you wrote and published a book
1: yeah yeah
0: what, what, can we talk about it oh please yeah. So, so it's called i'm gonna lose some friends over this
1: yeah certainly
0: did you lose some friends over it? i did oh yes was it fiction?
1: Non-fiction? Non-fiction. Oh no, hence the uh, hence the losing friends. Well, like you could certainly lose friends over writing something fictional too.
0: But then you can say it's fake, so you got, you got, you can say you've got you've got a, a shield a crux. But.
1: I do, I do, yeah. Well, I'm writing my second one at the moment, but this is uh, fiction, so
0: mm. it, it's entitled "I'm Going to Win Some new Friends <laughs> with This Book." I'm going to make those friends back. No, <laughs> welcome back. Friends. No, I'm I'm
1: fine with those bridges being burnt. It's um. Uh, some people don't express their opinion enough to know really where they stand with people. Yeah. Um, I that's like really fascinating,
0: that. though, that you've written a book at 19. Like, 19 that's yeah. a big step. Well, Have you always written?
1: Yeah, yeah. Always writing. It was funny. I wanted the ability to say that I wrote a memoir at 19. I always viewed it in the sense that if Johnny Cash had written a book at 18 or 19... In those moments where we're truly searching as um, mm. adolescents, I would have relished that. So, I wanted to see if I could do that for someone else. So, I think it might mean more uh, in, a, in a decade or so, but I like it.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah. How old are you now? 23. 23. Yeah. So, four years later, how do you reflect on the book? Do you, do you feel good about it? Do you have any, any regrets? Do you...
1: I feel good about it. I haven't read it in a little bit. There, uh, I was honest to the point where it may be difficult to read now because there's a lot of things, a lot of parts of myself I tried to kill um, to get to this point. So, well, and this song specifically, you know, like I dated a dude growing up and it just that didn't help in regards to Being called those sorts of names or anything. And I kept it secret too. And initially I'd lied about it going to this other school. And it was a weird time and felt almost like I've been watching all these interrogation videos. I don't know if you've seen all the JCS criminal breakdown police interrogation clips. They're awesome. You'd love them. Mm. But it felt like that, like living a lie in a sense. And I'd never really been able to speak about it, honestly. And so. It's a it's a tender point, mm. but uh, I think you know it's the the job of art to convey the uncomfortable, comfort the uncomfortable, mm. discomfort the comfortable. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's interesting. I'm glad yeah. it's there.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I think as well. I think even if say ten years on after writing it, so when you're 29, if you if you look back and think, fuck, I've changed so much. I don't think this, that, and the other. You know, it. If anything, it'll stand as a really interesting snapshot into your mind, right? Mm. And like, we grow and change so much every year of our lives. Let alone when we're a, at such a young age. It's amazing. It would be really fascinating, like a time capsule to go back and um, and, and revisit those. Like, Certainly yeah. is. Yeah, I've never been one to write diaries or memoirs or anything like that. I don't know.
1: Any reason you think? <sighs>
0: I don't know, honestly, I don't think there's ever been a real reason why not, but um I don't know. It's it's just a strange one. I've just never it's never I've never been drawn to doing it. Mm. But um not quite the same, but sometimes I look back at songs and I think the same, I think fuck, I'm so different to when I wrote that song. And I think back to those memories and yeah, man. It's crazy when you look back, but I imagine looking back and reading back would be it would be almost hand in hand, but also very... You can't escape the text. It's there. Yeah.
1: Similar feeling, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's absolutely the same. Yeah, there are things that you don't want to remember. Things you've tried very hard to forget, maybe. Mm. And that was your way of getting it out. or. But it's hard as artists. You know, I'm sure you do the same thing. You're forced... It's like doughing bread. You're forced to handle every angle. Yeah and uh, see what you can take from it. And that can hurt.
0: Mm. It can be painful. Yeah. Do you, do you mainly write personal stuff or do you, do, you, do you write much fiction? or Like in terms of songwriting, general writing? Obviously, I know you mentioned you're doing a fictional book, but yeah. is that the exception or do you normally mix it up? Yeah,
1: that's, that's an exception uh, in regards to fiction. It's normally or almost always personal. I learned from, you know, who I consider the best, people like Eminem, Ronnie Radke, Johnny Cash, people Yellow Wolf, people who are so personally honest in what they write. You can't mistake an Eminem song. You go, well, I know who exactly who this is. Um, mm. And it's something that deterred me from pop and really led me to the metalcore scene and the hip-hop scene is that touch of personality and honesty mm. that you don't have in the manufactured... Corporate, yeah, you know, synthetic pop that you hear a lot. So, yeah, it's uh, I think honesty's uh, really what drives me gets me excited.
0: Yeah, it's like I was recording, and the person I was recording with had questioned some of the lyrics. They're like, Oh, some people might find this line offensive because it, it implies possession.
1: <laughs> Wait, she said this to you.
0: Yeah, this is what someone said to me. And um, and at first I was like, I was really off-put because it's a fucking duet with a girl, for one. I was like, ah, shit. Um, but then it got me thinking, it's like, so this person works with a lot of artists, a lot of mainstream artists, and I really respect their opinion. But mm. it got me thinking, mainstream is so fucking safe. <laughs> like, you can't push boundaries and the line wasn't bad at all but it said to me that if this person has a radar for anything that could be slightly misconstrued if taken out of context in the context of the song it wasn't bad yeah but in context of a single line like maybe it doesn't sound great but I'm like dude listen to No Pussy Blues by Man.
1: it's a choice to live That's, in that world
0: yeah exactly like If you how can you say music has to not toe the line? Mm -hmm. Art toes the line. Mm -hmm. That's what it does best. It it gets you thinking, it's provocative, it gets you angry, it gets you happy. You know, you don't listen to Eminem and think, well, that was a lovely ditty, <laughs> you know? You listen, you feel angry, you, feel, you fucking feel re- like you've related to someone. Yes. But then you feel like that's gone a bit too far. But then like, oh, thank God, Stan is fiction. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eminem didn't actually get locked up in the back of a car and dropped off a bridge, right? Look, he's, right? A, he's a... Right, right? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a fascinating one. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, he, I, uh, having failed in ninth grade three times, would read the dictionary... He's never met his father. Um, you know, that's some I hold in such a high regard. And to tell him he can't be who he is or what he can or can't say. I don't know if you've heard Kim yes, by him. Of course. Which is a, it's a lovely song. <laughs> it's a little romantic ditty. <laughs> but that should exist. And who is anyone to say that that can't be expressed? You know, it's a dark song. Mm. But um, it's like... Whoever that lady was that said that to you, it's like, ma'am, don't misconstrue what this song says. He goes, I will fictionally kill my wife. He goes, You're not misinterpreting. That's what the song says. Now what? You know, taking offense is not an argument.
0: Yeah. And what I always find ironic with music is people will kick up a stink about that. They'll kick up a stink about anything that's not telling the line. They'll, there's always critics people are obsessed with true crime people watch who done everyone loves a who done you know people have been reading crime fiction for eons mm. no one no one says oh well there's murder in Hercule Poirot <laughs> let's let's cancel Agatha Christie's writing <laughs> but if you write murder in it, if you do a murder ballad well that's that's bad yeah, that's you bad. can't sing murder But you can write it, you can act it, you can put it on TV. Oh, yeah. But do not sing a murder ballad.
1: What about that Quentin Tarantino interview? Have you seen that one where that woman, Jan, is asking him questions and goes, You got so much violence in your movies, Quentin. Why so much violence? And he says, It just breaks finally. And he goes, Because it's so much fun, Jan. (laughs) It's like, Because I like it. Yeah. It's fun. Grand Theft Auto is enjoyable. Hmm. You know?
0: It's just funny how people have such double standards about, about fiction. And, they, and that's the thing I think because song when you listen to songs Sometimes people can feel Oh, this is honest This is real mm. But then the character shoots the other character Well, that's not what I want that character to do I
1: think that's the point, Jordan Is, you know, Carl Jung would always talk about the shadow There's a shadow within all of us And it's the part that is able to be malevolent if necessary and when someone expresses themselves like Eminem or Marilyn Manson or, you know, whatever gothic image comes to your mind, they are tapping into that darker aspect of everyone. Mm. And some yeah. people don't want to listen to that part of themselves. Mm. So they don't want you, Marshall or whoever, to say mm. it because like, you can't handle it yourself doesn't mean. Yeah. But uh, did you listen to Eminem growing up?
0: I did. Yeah. I remember getting the Eminem show as a... I would have been 10.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was like, this is so good. This is wicked. I learned every lyric. And I was like, this is great. It's an amazing and album. then got on to like Snoop Dogg and DMX. And then I basically went on to the Need for Speed Underground 2 soundtrack. And that was my... Uh, oh, shit. That was my early formative music years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: All those video games, there was was it like Rob Deirdre's Bike Track or something, BMX Bike Track. Do you ever yeah, play that? No, I never
0: played that, but Yeah, never I never got to play it, but those it always cool. looked fun. It looked like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater BMX edition. Yeah,
1: it was like exactly that. That was madness.
0: That's another game, Tony Hawks Pro Skater, the soundtracks on those and even do you remember do you ever play backyard wrestling too?
1: Backyard wrestling, no.
0: It was a pretty shit game. It was <laughs> Like, it was like back-out ultra-violent wrestling. Yeah. It was really crap, but the soundtrack was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I discovered so many bands through there, like Dropkick Murphys, they were on there, and uh, it was like, I think it was partially funded by Insane Clown Posse, so oh. you can imagine it was pretty, a weird game. The
1: pinnacle of quality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or known for their video games, Insane Clown Posse.
0: <laughs> They're not known for much except being jugglers, really.
1: Being just fucking, barely contributing... <laughs> they had a beef with Eminem Did they? Uh, ICP
0: <laughs> You're writing a song in during the podcast oh, I'll do it, I'll do it <laughs>
1: Eminem just starts rapping sometimes And uh, it's exciting But he even still, Eminem, right? People want to talk shit And say, you know, when I was growing up he was this And I get it I, I do understand everyone mm. But also now he's the best writer he's ever been He's such a rider right now and uh, you know, I don't know if he's being bumped in the hood, but he should be. He <laughs> is he is in my hood.
0: <laughs> Just rock up to your house one day. What's Eminem living in his yard <laughs> for? What the fuck? Marshall? Marshall? Marshall Are you in the tree, Marshall? What? <laughs> Get down from there.
1: <laughs> I, I like referring to people by their names too. To like, do you know him, Marshall? I feel like I do, yeah. I might, in a sense. I was trying to come up. Maybe we could come up with one. I was trying to come up with the name, like a Eminem or a Marilyn Manson. Brian Warner, Marilyn Manson's name, not very cool. That's
0: deadly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sam Osmond, it's not great.
0: It's not bad though.
1: It's not bad. There's already been the Osmonds, you know, Donny Osmond, Marie Osmond. I thought of one. Shall I share it with you? Yeah. Sam Helsing sam helsing yeah yeah
0: that's
1: cool doesn't require much explanation
0: yeah like what no i just kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, sorry you mean you're naming yourself after that uh hugh jackman character yes (laughs) just the hugh
1: jackman (laughs) one that's where it comes from
0: god you know someone's gonna say that to you one day legitimately if you if you go with that name what would i do no, no, someone will. I'm just saying it's a given. Someone yeah. will be like, oh, someone yeah, take the, the Hugh Jackman character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: And we, I know him too, all Australians. We know each other. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing.
0: We even know famous Kiwis. We do. We claim them. All of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. I can't wait for Marlon Williams to come out as Australian. Marlon Williams?
1: Who <laughs> is Marlon Williams?
0: You don't know Marlon Williams?
1: I thought you said Marlon Waynes for a second. <laughs> no, and I went, I why know. Marlon
0: Waynes? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been an obscure yeah. request, wait, where does that to, come from? request yeah. to import, yeah. No, no. Um, you know, the whole, th- you know, Australians seem to always claim Kiwi musicians as their own, like, yeah. crowded house or Australian. Right? Yeah. Russell Crowe. Yeah.
1: Not a musician, but not Australian. Well,
0: really. he, he does play music. Yeah. Actually, years ago, he got divorced and he was um, doing an auction and he was saying all his guitars. Yeah. I bid on some... Some people were just paid over What they were worth Just because it was owned by Russell Crowe But he had some good shit
1: Right, when you get that to that level Whatever you're doing You can just start doing whatever you want mm. Johnny Depp was in that band Hollywood Vampires or something Of course that's the name of the <laughs> yeah, band that Johnny yeah. Depp is in Well, that's appropriate <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Russell Crowe Bruce Willis was another one who tried to make music God no! Failed. You don't know that, Bruce no. Willis? Oh, that's worth a YouTube for sure. What
0: next? Mark Wahlberg was a musician. Mark, well, yeah, how weird <laughs> would that be? <laughs> In some sort of funky bunch. So let's let's go back to let's go back to music for a sec. Mm. I, I'm really curious for this one. When did you when did you start getting into like perform like writing music? And when was that a thing for
1: you? I'd always uh, written. I was always writing but it wasn't until I was leaving home that I was just speaking with my dad once and I said I don't really play any instruments you know I, but in the environment I feel like I could do something you know I don't know what but put me in there I'll sing the throat you know I'll contribute in some way and he said why don't you just reach out to someone uh, and I was moving to Brisbane so I reached out to a producer um, at Alcomex Studios oh, yeah. And yeah, we just started writing and it was almost, I didn't know I could do it until yeah. I did. I didn't know what the process was, um, nor do you really ever, uh, where to begin, but I just started finding beats and finding music and writing to them and grown since there. Yeah, now I can, you know, produce a bit on my own and uh, definitely the best screaming I'm able to do is right now. and lyrically I think I'm the best I've ever been so I'm excited to keep going
0: yeah awesome man no, I definitely noticed that like as we are saying off off record before when you put out 24 mm. I had no idea what you're going to sound like I assumed you're going to be doing some sort of metal stuff honestly yeah. just purely just from talking and, and, uh, and the Bullet Club shirt of course mm-hmm. I'm like yeah he's going to sing some metal but it was <laughs> not what I was expecting but it was it was clearly very cleverly written and Mm. um, it was at first I was like what the fuck this is not what I was expecting but then it was a real vibe yeah and it was really cool like what made you want to go down that path that style of music was it just the the time of Eminem growing up or what what was the crux for that
1: yeah but that's a lot more gentle than everything else I've put out there's a song called Unwinnable I can share with you later but you know i um, i really am finding myself i think you can look i've always looked at artists and tried to find where they found that truest moment of expression mm. for themselves whether it be an album or maybe a single performance and and i you know i've never really felt like i've uh gotten it right but this was a step in the direction of trying to express a lighter side of myself mm. um so I have been a bit screamy or aggressive or angsty uh, or the above in the past. And it wasn't giving me what I wanted. You know, I want people to enjoy what I do and mm. enjoy music. And uh, I wasn't getting that sense. Maybe I wasn't enjoying it enough either. So I'm glad with this. I think uh, it's a bit more positive, more upbeat. And, and that's how I'm feeling. So mm. I think it's an expression of uh, an attitudinal change as well as a sonic one.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, is that the um, like the direction of your upcoming stuff too? Is it all sonically in the same boat, or does it vary a bit?
1: Varies, varies. And my favorite band, maybe of all time, is called Falling in Reverse.
0: Oh yeah. If you know of them. Yeah, I'm more of an Escape the Fate OG fan. OG fan, but that's fine too. That's (laughs) I'm just a Ronnie Radke fan. Yeah. Aren't
1: we all? Uh, That's the homie, and yeah, he uh, he's meant a lot to me. Over my life, I, uh, do you know the story of Bruce Springsteen breaking into Graceland? No. Well, Bruce Springsteen broke into Graceland. That's essentially all I know of the story. <laughs> but I went to Los Angeles and I was standing outside of Ronnie Radke's house, uh, because I wanted to meet him and we made that happen. And, uh, yeah, we've been friends ever since. And, oh, great. Yeah. A very odd a circumstance that was, but... No, no, sorry, the reason I brought that one up, Fashionably Late is an album of falling reverses that opens with the heaviest song, Champion, that ends with a rap breakdown. And then the last song on that album is an acoustic country track. It's all over the place, but it works because of who he is. So that's yeah. what uh, I'm doing as well. So no, that's the answer to your question. They're not all the same.
0: No, that's great. And you know, I—that's something I've always loved about Ronnie Radke's music. And like, I've never really gotten into Falling in Reverse too much, um, but I loved his Escape the Fate stuff. And what I loved about it is there would be so many different elements. It would be—it would be a journey that, el- like, the albums, you know, like you'd be going through, and you'd hear some heavy shit, and you'd hear like "Day I Left the Womb," and you're mm. just like, "Fuck!" I heard that's that song. Um, that's some fucking good shit.
1: I heard that song. uh, I didn't know it was happening at the time, but I was at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower. First time I'd ever heard it. And a couple of moments later, my dad proposed to my mum on top of the Eiffel Tower right as I listened to that song. Yeah, that album and him have, uh, have been really transformative. If you had to say, if you could name a person, maybe Dylan for you would be the one where the the heavier spice in the recipe you know
0: you'd think that right? <laughs> i i love dylan i think dylan's the best songwriter ever but i don't I don't know if he's i would say i i reckon musically i've definitely been more shaped by i'd say nick cave mm. by by far than dylan i could never write like dylan dylan's writing is dylan's you know I, it's not my style i love it but it's just not i don't write like dylan
1: what does that mean to you
0: Uh, I just think, I think it's all about finding your voice, right? And I think when you're searching for that sound and who you are as an artist and who you are as a writer, you eventually just stumble on who you are. It's not, it's not like a, you don't know, you have to figure it out by writing. It's the only way you can find out who you truly are. You might get lucky early, it might take you a while. Definitely took me a while. Like when I started taking writing seriously, I wrote a lot of like, uh, do you know the, the Abbott Brothers? No. No, they're a really good band. Uh, they're like traditional Americanery country sort of stuff. Beautiful. So I started off writing more like that and then I eventually got into different styles and then eventually found, um, found my own style, which is definitely more... I'd say it's probably my style if I had to compare it to the greats without saying like oh who's influencer because really they've all influencer. it but i'd say it's probably more along the lines of like a tom waits and a nick cave yeah and like probably more leonard cohen dylan's probably like fourth on the list yeah. fifth on the list uh of who's sort of i i think i my sonically how i sound is like but um that's the journey of writing right
1: well in regards to seeing their truest expressions of themselves of artists Do you feel you've gotten close, or
0: of who I am as an artist? Yeah, I think I definitely have. I think, um, particularly from my my first solo album, so Night Music. I don't think the the EPs are more. Still, I was in the zone of, you know, I was writing folk songs that were a bit lighter. That were still trying to. I was still learning about myself. You know, I was only five years ago so I was like 20, 20 to 23 you know I was still I was on the right path I think I was getting there but yeah, I had to write those songs to get to the other songs mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> when I got to those songs I think when I did that album I knew that's that's the direction um, I still like writing folk songs and stuff like that and they have their place but sort of like Ronnie Radke, and you listen to his stuff you know it's like <laughs> He might say like, oh, metal is my thing, but I also, you, part of me is country, part of me is is rap, and yeah. part of me is this, that, and the other. It's like, I think that's, that's what, a, when you find yourself, that's when you realize that it's not, you're not a genre, you're a person, you're yes. a human being. Yes. You express yourself in different ways.
1: Well, he was the first person to show me that you could do that. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to sit across to them and, and say thank you. You know, but... Truly, yeah, the moment that happened, um, him meeting him could have gone two separate ways. It could have been... This goes negatively, and I hate music forever as an entity. Completely delude um, my perception of Mm. something I enjoyed. But he was kind, you know. Um, Mm. Not what his reputation would suggest, especially Mm. in 2014. Yeah, yeah. uh, 13. And... He was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh it's something I always hold dear.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about your upcoming single then. Yeah. So we sort of touched on it earlier, um, about obviously it's a song of almost a reflection of of high school, right? Mm. So so where where to from there?
1: Yeah, I suppose uh that's what it's kind of the purpose of making it, I suppose. It's um, it's actually a line in the song where I say journey, uh, purpose. You know, the search for purpose is in the search for it. Finding purpose is in the search for it. Um, that's really what the song encapsulate, encapsulates is that this is the next step, I suppose. So mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where to from here, and, and I'll see where that goes. I was, uh, Do you listen to Jordan Peterson
0: at all? Um, oh, I listened to him a, a few years ago a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He just, the way he speaks about things and visualizes, always talking about Harry Potter and the snake and mm. snake representing chaos. And that's sort of how I envision this path and this journey is that it's a treacherous road that we're all on and we must tread carefully. Mm. The flood is imminent, you know. The sun is burning out. Mm. <laughs> the Andromeda galaxy approaches. Mm. Things can go wrong very quickly. And I uh, just try to be grateful for every part of it. So, And uh, yeah. avoid prison.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a big one. Yeah. You don't want to go there.
0: Definitely not.
1: I wouldn't survive. Would you survive?
0: Not in Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: in Shawshank? <laughs> mm. No. from what I've seen every Louis Theroux documentary I've seen it's it's not doable
0: (laughs) yeah well Sam if we are if we were to wrap the podcast up with with a single question Mm. the question I have for you is what is something that you're grateful for
1: Mm. suffering I suppose not in the sense that it's ever deserved or you know, I'm I'm grateful for for being able to live and perseverance and all the times that I wish maybe I wasn't here or you know, it's a it's peaceful to then have moments where you're validated, you know or all, all of these troubles wherever, whatever situation you're in people go through all sorts of different, different kinds of negative experiences on different scales and but the main thing is that and we keep going. So I'm grateful for yeah, for living. <laughs>